Hello, I'm Greg. Let's have an inappropriate conversation about the music of my father. This will be a music-focused, inappropriate conversation show, and I want to do so in the context of Father's Day. My decision earlier this year when kind of finalizing the schedule for this part of the year was to look back and do another one of these one-hit wonders sorts of shows, songs which are the only, the only songs from an artist on my MP3 player. And in this case, I identified several of them that are the only song from an artist on my MP3 player because they're not really my music. They're mainly... Part of my uh, general nostalgia and uh, celebrating nostalgia through music, but they kind of came into my MP3 player by looking back at my childhood and, in particular, the music that my father shared with us. It actually does kind of go two ways, though. Some of it is music from his record collection, and we'll get to some of that as we go. So, in the realm of uh, musical genre, easy listening is going to have a lot to say in this particular in this particular inappropriate conversation. And even though it's music-focused, I would just sort of remind myself and remind anybody listening that to some degree or another, the uh, tracks that we consider to be easy listening from the 40s and 50s were the pop. The, were, they were the hits of their day. So it kind of makes you wonder if we're... You know, 20, 30, 40 years away from people looking back at the music that as part of the soundtrack of our lives from our period of time in high school and college and thinking of that as being some sort of golden oldies or easy listening. When I hear uh, 80s music playing at the gym when I work out, which is a typical Sunday morning pattern, I, I go in on Sunday morning, I work out, shower at, at the gym, and then go straight to church from there because the church that I attend is meeting in this health and wellness center. And 80s music seems to be the norm 
either for the tape reel that is part of the soundtrack for this health and wellness center, or maybe because they're tuned into an oldies radio station and because I'm there at the same time every Sunday, it may be that that's just when the 80s songs are playing. They still don't strike me as easy listening. They don't strike me as golden oldies. I don't get the same feeling about these songs as I do you know, listening to things like uh, Bill Haley and the Comets sing the theme from Happy Days or most of Elvis Presley, especially early Elvis Presley. Of course, we started off today with replacing the theme music normally provided to the podcast by Kevin McLeod. In this case, with an instrumental intro from France, our outro today will be a musical uh, number from Mexico. But today, the uh, intro is La Seine, a song about the uh, river that runs through the middle of France, Paris in particular, uh, from a various artist collection called Musette from Paris. Now, I first knew this track from a vinyl LP that my parents had called Honeymoon in Paris. And uh, unfortunately, my copy of the vinyl is just far too scratchy for it to sustain being the opening theme here. I will play one track from that album later on. Uh, It is my favorite track from that album, as a matter of fact. But I've had to replace Lassane with another another artist. And later on, we'll hear another version of Lassane, a vocal one in this case, because of our different drummer. But first, I want to start this off with a bit of a nod to the Chaotic Ravings podcast. One of the uh, observations that, uh, kind of in response to the Wonders shows that I've done, that Mags made on that show was, wouldn't it be nice if this was more genuinely of a playlist? I've gotten in the habit here of ending this particular type of inappropriate conversation with a little clip of a promo that the Nerd Hurdles podcast did for the Pollyanna Cowgirl Records podcast back when that was still functioning. And it was basically a a quick line of dialogue between the two saying that that podcast featuring a whole bunch of songs from uh, independent artists or undiscovered artists, if you look at it from the old school perspective, more like a a mixtape than anything else. And after Jacob made that observation, Mandy says, and everyone knows that mixtapes mean I love you. So here's another love letter from Inappropriate Conversations to you as a listener. And again, with a nod to Mags, I'm not going to produce a mixtape version of this, which is just the songs by themselves. To me, it's really important that I share the commentary around these songs. But I will do a little bit better job, maybe this time than I ever have in the past, of stringing a series of songs together. And I want to start it off by calling back to a memory from my childhood, and a memory that I know is shared by a lot of people who might have grown up at the same time that I did in cities like uh, Oklahoma City or Tulsa, Oklahoma, because I want to talk about Shotgun Sam's Pizza Palace. When I think about the music of my father, I often think about music that we would listen to after church. It wasn't that every Sunday we would go and uh, necessarily dine out, and if we did, it certainly wasn't every single Sunday that we would go to Shotgun Sam's and have pizza, but probably... At least in my memory, if I were to add up all the different Sundays over the course of my elementary school years, uh, maybe Shotgun Sam's would have the plurality. Perhaps not the majority, but probably the plurality. It was a common thing for us to do. And first off, pizza was good. Legendary in in that part of the country. And uh, an attempt made here in the last couple of years to revive Shotgun Sam's with different people uh, using the name, kind of buying the rights to, to reopen Shotgun Sam's. They just didn't get it right. They didn't get the recipes right. They didn't get the atmosphere right. And you can't just put the logo out there and make that good enough. When something truly is so special that it's truly a moment in time, and it is more than just the flavor of the sauce and the cornmeal used on the crust and how thin the pizza was. It wasn't just that. 
even if they'd gotten that 100% right, which by all accounts they didn't, the atmosphere was going to be you know, kind of tricky for them to replace. Most of the seating at the location that we went to was long series of banquet tables. I, I want to say there were probably three or four of them. And again, in my memory, probably you know 50 feet long, easily, 30, 40 feet at the least, with dozens upon dozens of chairs on either side. And if several different unrelated groups of diners showed up at the same time, you'd leave a couple of chairs empty between you and the next group, and you were essentially sitting at the same very long table. And, of course, there were booths on the surrounding side. There was plenty of seating, in other words. And in some of the booth areas, there were video games. And this was back in the, the very, very early early era. I don't know for a fact that Pong was one of the video games that was available at that time, but it could have been. This was pre-Space Invaders. I remember the day that they got Space Invaders, and that was um, big and new and a giant leap forward. The game I remember playing with my siblings was a gunfighter game where on one screen, two gunfighters were separated half and half on the screen. Again, much like Pong, really, with some sagebrush that you could hide behind. And somehow this sagebrush was good enough to deflect bullets. But if bullets did hit the sagebrush, it would begin to chip away at the wood and leave you exposed. And it was eventually just you know using, again, a Pong kind of mentality to shoot a dot from your quote-unquote gun to gun down the other gunfighter on the other side. And uh, a couple problems with it. It was not a game that you could really play by yourself all that well. And it was, again, you know, by our modern standards, uh, almost a boringly simplistic video game. But the sheer presence of video games at this point, in the middle of the 1970s, if not even slightly earlier than the middle of the 1970s, really speaks volumes about kind of the diversity that they were going for. It's a restaurant that had live music on your typical Friday or Saturday night, but Sunday after church, it was more about the jukebox and video games. And the jukebox is one I want to talk about. Because I don't know that my father would have identified the Edgar Winter Group as one of his bands. Now, Rita Coolidge, which we'll get to in a minute, and Roberta Flack, yes, those came to me through my father. But of the string of songs I want to play right now, all coming in my memory straight out of that jukebox sitting near the restrooms at Shotgun Sam's Pizza Palace were songs that either my father asked us to play, if he was going to send us that way with a handful of quarters, or made it clear he didn't mind if we played it. And the first one of those, the foremost one of those for me, was Edgar Wintergroup and Frankenstein. And I can remember being very surprised when I got the vinyl LP later on as a teenager that the version of the song that we were hearing in that jukebox was a 45 RPM edit. It wasn't the same. And there's a certain place where uh, the drumming and the Moog synthesizer kind of do a little duet with each other. And it always surprises me when I hear the, the uh, actually the original version, the album cut version, that it doesn't end. It doesn't go straight to staccato, like the one that was, you know, on the 45, sitting in this, you know, traditional old school Wurlitzer-style jukebox. So I've made an effort here to recreate, uh, using my own editing, the version that I heard all those years ago, when we would drop quarters in the jukebox and for three dollars pick seven songs or whatever the uh whatever the unit of measure was at the time and i'm going to put together the same kind of string that my father might have been okay with and that our family would listen to while we ate plain cheese pizza and occasionally only on special occasions a black olive on the side
Words could make wishes come true I'd save every day like a treasure And then again I would spend them with you But there never seems to be enough time to
stars around And I'd really love to see you tonight I'm not talking about moving in And I don't want to change your life But there's a warm wind My son looked me in the eyes the other day and asked, Pa, when's this war going to be over? I answered him that one day his children and his children's children will look back and know that four warriors stood and fought and answered geeky trivia so that children everywhere could be free. The names of those heroes fresh on their minds, their tongues and their tattoos. Omar from Costa Rica, Roe from Washington, and of course their fearless leader, Commander Jason. I'm Kevin from Canada, and this is Atomic Trivia War 9000. ATW9K. 
Go ahead and hate your neighbor. Go ahead and cheat a friend. Do it in the name of heaven. You can justify it in the end. If this isn't the mentality of the religious right, I'm not sure what is. But the song by Coven, called 110 Soldier, came out long before the moral majority was popular notion or a uh, almost a cliche these days. And yet this is sort of what you're seeing. When you've got groups of uh, uh, allegedly Christians or uh, at the very least politically conservative folks uh, blowing up many bombs in Target bathrooms to protest the Target's long-standing policy of allowing people to use the restroom that makes sense for their gender, uh, you've got a situation where we've got a version of Christianity that is more likely to personally destroy the world if Jesus doesn't come soon enough and do it for them. You're talking about 1973, 1974, somewhere in there, and I would have been picking this song to play on a jukebox, uh, almost, in many ways, predicting the mental attitude of a lot of politically active Christians today. Before that, England Dan and John Ford Coley, I'd really love to see you tonight. I know I have a lot of friends, maybe even most of my friends, who would cringe at the idea that I would put this forth as a song, admitting, in the process, that it's a song on my MP3 player, and taking almost no shelter in the fact that this particular cheesy 70s hit is the only track by England, Dan, and John Ford Coley on my MP3 player. Uh, its presence alone would, doesn't compensate. And perhaps, maybe just as alarming, anybody who does have a strong nostalgic feel for uh, adult contemporary rock of the 70s might be a little disappointed that Time in a Bottle is the only Jim Croce song that I've carried. There are other Jim Croce songs, Bad, Bad Leroy Brown, for example, that you know wouldn't, wouldn't bother me if I suddenly accidentally crossed my, my downloads with one of my kids and that song crept in somehow. I, I wouldn't feel critical of my children for having Operator or Bad, Bad Leroy Brown on their MP3 player and therefore it somehow got onto mine. But that's not the case. Time in a Bottle stands alone for Jim Croce. And to be honest with you, I don't really think of the song first and foremost with Jim Croce in mind. I actually think of the song with um, my high school's concert chorus my senior year performing a concert chorus version of that song and my relationship with that group, meaning that I was uh, often in the in the audience uh, taking attendance, attending practices, doing student assistant leadership for that group at the end of my senior year, it was one of the parts of their repertoire that I look forward to the most. That and anything from the soundtrack to the movie Fame. Before that, Midnight at the Oasis by Maria Moldauer, Killing Me Softly with his song by Roberta Flack, a song that I'm surprised only appears once on my MP3 player. I really thought that the song itself might also have a Fuji's Lauren Hill appearance. Uh, it doesn't. Maybe that's something I need to fix going forward. And then the country music, sort of country adult contemporary rock version of the Jackie Wilson hit, Higher and Higher, Rita Coolidge during Your Love is Lifting Me Higher. So these are the kinds of things that my brother and I, and my older sister, to some degree, would bring into the family's musical sort of listening or listening habits through the jukebox at a restaurant that we went to and i can remember being at other restaurants where they had jukeboxes or similar jukeboxes and being disappointed that some of these tracks might not be there shotgun sam's might have been the only place that we had a copy of the song midnight at the oasis that you could pull up and play and these are some of the songs i can remember looking for on one family trip from the uh, eastern part of oklahoma to the central part of Arkansas, to visit our grandparents. Our grandparents, when I was growing up, lived in Little Rock, Arkansas. And it was probably about a five-and-a-half-hour car trip, and there was always an effort somewhere in the middle of Arkansas to split that up. 
to leave at such a point in time where you could you could have some sort of a fast food meal, some ability to get everybody out of the car, get everybody walking around, stretching their legs. And, and one day we found a discount store of sorts. I don't remember what their name was, what the brand name, but they had a massive closeout of 8-tracks. This was right at the end of the 8-track tape. And uh, they were selling a lot of these 8-tracks as sort of a you know, dollar a piece or get seven for five dollars or you know something like that an effort to clear out eight tracks and i went looking through that sale for some of these songs if there had been a roberta flack eight track or some sort of 70s collection with midnight at the oasis in it, i might have bought an eight track tape to get these songs that were only available to me on the jukebox all those years ago uh, i still don't know that i actually own either vital vinyl or cassette of the coven song one tin soldier what we ended up taking away from there for the most part, though, was much more divided. And this is probably the point where I would talk about the music of my father taking a divergent path from the, virgin, the music of my brother and I, in particular. The eight tracks that were available ranged from having things like Grand Funk Railroad and uh, you know, the music of uh, Rainbow. This was back when Rainbow was uh, being led by well, Richie Blackmore on guitar. That is sort of the beginning of Rainbow, but... Ronnie James Dio was a lead vocalist, and I remember getting on stage, which is a live two-record set probably, but it was a one eight-track version of it. But there were 17-minute songs, long versions of things like Still I'm Sad or The Man in the Silver Mountain, those kinds of things. So what I might have described at the time as being fairly hard rock was one extreme. And the other extreme would be things like the music of the piano player Roger Williams or a band leader like Hugo Winterhalter doing versions of TV theme songs, or Paul Muriat, probably best known for his uh, hit single, actually, Love is Blue. So I want to play some dead instrumentals here for a moment and kind of make this journey from here to the different drummer and take us from uh, the kind of pop hits of the 70s to easy listening, starting with Percy Faith and his orchestra, my absolute favorite track, from an album that my father had, again, a two-record set, a George Gershwin focus set, as a matter of fact, that led off with fascinating rhythm.
intro, I mentioned Love is Blue. I followed up Fascinating Rhythm by Percy Faith with the Paul Muriat track Love is Blue. And we ended this with Autumn Leaves from Roger Williams. And I've heard several versions of Autumn Leaves, including vocal versions. But to me, this is always a piano song. It, it just, even in a Ferrante and Teicher kind of a sense, Autumn Leaves really works when somebody is kind of cascading along the keyboard. And uh, Roger Williams, I think, was the one who probably had the hit single uh, doing that. I never really think much about Father's Day as a celebration for me, despite the fact that I am a father and I have been for well over 20 years now. I still tend to think of Father's Day in relationship to my father. And of course, the biggest problem there, which I talked about in the very first year of Inappropriate Conversations, looking back on my father's life, is that when your father has uh, been gone for decades now, the further you get, and I've been getting further and further for quite some time uh, from that point, I'm not that far away from, I mean, I'm a decade away maybe from being older than he was when he died. Um, it doesn't seem that far to me. Maybe eight or nine years is a, is a lifetime for some. But I can't really look back on my father's life without dealing with the fact that there's this big distance of time. And uh, so I wanted to celebrate Father's Day again this year. Do it musically. And one of the challenges to that was that Father's Day weekend is going to be the weekend where Pride 48 celebrates its live streaming event. Now, I participated in Pride 48 last year in Las Vegas. In August, Walk the Earth 30 was recorded, and I put that out in very early September. Uh, For those who remember, that was a recorded live before a studio audience first for me. And while I was able to navigate that uh, by relying on the crutch somewhat of the 30-minute format that was available to me that way at the live event, this year there isn't going to be a live event in Las Vegas. They're going to do the annual streaming event in June, as always, to uh, sort of recognize and celebrate Pride Month. But later on, the August-September time period, this is a year where they're going to skip the Vegas Expo. So it's possible, in fact likely, that in 2017 there will be another Pride 48 event live in Las Vegas. But for now, I had to make a decision about whether I was going to participate in the live streaming event. And I chose not to for a couple of reasons. First off, I'm not 100% sure how I would want that to work. Inappropriate conversations, or walk the earth for that matter. Live streaming. I, I tend to do this and rely willingly on the editing process to get everything exactly the way I want it to be. So I'd have to get used to the concept of recording a streaming show and not having that crutch of the... Uh, of the ability to manage things in the edit. But the other reason was that with the event going to be happening on Father's Day weekend and my wanting to tune in and pay attention to that, if I was going to do a Father's Day focused show, I certainly wasn't going to be able to do a music show live. That would be beyond my skill. I don't have a board, for example. But I also wanted to get this music event recorded. So I thought, well, let's let's deal with the wonders, the one hits that I can remember from my childhood for a recollection show and a nostalgia show about my father and do that the week before. So here we are. A little bit later in this inappropriate conversation, I'll take some time to talk about that Pride 48 weekend coming up. And I do want to, I want to talk about it because I'm going to tune in and listen. And it makes sense for me to talk about what I want to do next week and why I'm kind of observing Father's Day a week early to make that happen. But first, I want to get to the part of the show, looking at the different drummer that isn't going to be focused on the one hit wonders. I've gone from every single artist I've played so far being one where I just have the one song from that performer on my MP3 player. But now I'm going to get to the different drummer, Giselle McKenzie, where I have more than 60 songs that I carry with me on a regular basis, and probably another 40 that are available to me if I just took the time 
to move them on to either my Zune or my phone. I'm going to cue the intro to The Different Drummer with Mackenzie herself, singing the same track that we brought in as the introduction to this inappropriate conversation, but this time with the words to La Seine. Elle roucoule, coule, coule Dès qu'elle entre dans Paris Elle s'enroule, roule, roule Autour de ses qui fleurit Elle chante, 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 chante Le jour et la nuit Car la scène Et son amant s'est Paris. La scène est aventureuse, de Châtillon à Mairie, et son humeur voyageuse flâne à travers le It's almost true that this particular song represents the music of my childhood better than any other. As I mentioned, that vinyl LP that I have downstairs called Honeymoon in Paris, it's the exact same LP that my parents had as I inherited the record collection. Uh, Again, not that many years after my father's death when it was necessary for my mom to move from a house to a much um, condo-sized living arrangement. And Giselle McKenzie has a lot to do with the music of my childhood because of French folk songs. I've said before on the show, wouldn't be surprised if for some folks this is a repeat, but the music of my childhood is very often in French. My father grew up in a part of the country where French and English were spoken, or Cajun French and English were spoken fairly freely. My grandmother, on my father's side, definitely spoke English as a second language, and Cajun French as a first language. And my father's favorite comedian, uh, despite the fact that we shared an interest in uh, early Bill Cosby albums, and I introduced George Carlin to him, and he was uh, surprisingly open to that kind of comedy. But no, Justin Wilson, uh, more of a Cajun comedian, would have been his preferred go-to comedy. 
And one of the albums that we got as kids when I was growing up was a collection of French folk songs uh, sung by Giselle McKenzie. And this is how I came to know her. But first, before I get into the, the real core of well, why would I name her as a different drummer, well, let me do the same thing I do with all the other different drummers and provide an introduction, starting off with a little bit of information at the highest levels from Wikipedia, for anybody who just is not familiar with her. If you think about the genre that she fits into, you think about Giselle McKenzie in the context of folks like the Andrews Sisters and Rosemary Clooney, perhaps, uh, coming maybe a little bit later, and coming into America's consciousness from a Canadian angle. McKenzie, uh, according to Wikipedia, lived from 1927 to 2003, was a Canadian singer, best known for her performances on the U.S. television program your Hit Parade. This would put her in the 1950s in terms of her TV presence. She left Your Hit Parade, as a matter of fact, to take an attempt at her own show. There was a television program called The Giselle McKenzie Show that lasted for one season, frankly looked kind of interesting, because on that show she had you know, uh, performing appearances with people like uh, ranging from Ronald Reagan to Boris Karloff, among others. Jack Benny is someone across all of her television appearances, including the Sid Caesar show and others, uh, was a, somebody that she performed regularly with, both musically and comically. One of the things that I found when doing my research, because again, for me, Mackenzie is mainly the singer of French folk songs. I know that most people in the world don't think of her that way, but that is certainly how I know her work. And I found a very humorous video uh, on YouTube. The one that I found is called Giselle McKenzie and Jack Benny their legendary violin duet for Getting to Know You. And it is exactly that. It's a violin duet with comic effect. Benny playing the melody, Mackenzie playing harmony, and in some cases going off in some classical flourishes. What occurred to me from watching this video that I probably didn't really know before, it's not just that Mackenzie could play the violin. She was extremely capable and effective at playing. She was classically trained at the violin. And apparently at one point in her life had to make a decision of, going into being a classical violin uh, performer, or to go into singing and entertaining for a living. She was born Giselle Marie Louise Marguerite. I have no idea how to pronounce the last name. Lafleche, perhaps, probably is how it's pronounced. Born in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Studied violin and voice at the Toronto Conservatory of Music. And she had at least two Canadian Broadcasting Corporation radio programs, Meet Giselle among them where she played hostess to Jack Benny, Clark Gable, Loretta Young, Fred Astaire, James Stewart, and others. So you can see how she had a foot on both sides of the fence, uh, classical instrumental performance and uh, singing and entertaining. Mackenzie has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Uh, I've never been there, at least not that I can recall, but the location is 1601 Vine. What interests me the most, and I've seen this happen a couple of times before, whereas... Uh, as foundational as Wikipedia can be, uh, risks of accuracy notwithstanding, for telling you high level who somebody was, sometimes the most interesting things come out in the obituary. I mentioned earlier that Mackenzie, at the age, age of 76, died in the year 2003. And the New York Times obituary has some interesting things that uh, I think are, well, they answer a few questions, right? Mackenzie wavered between a career as a singer or one as a concert violinist until her $3,000 violin was stolen from a parked car. Her vocation thus resolved, she began singing on a Canadian radio show called Meet Gazelle in 1946, her popularity earning her the informal title of Canada's First Lady of Song. This is in the obituary, where it published in September of 2003 by Campbell Robertson. 
the thing that I thought was funny, and one of the things I didn't understand was if her birth name ended, LaFleche, why did she go by Giselle McKenzie? And he says this in the article. In 1951, when she began to sing in the United States, she took her father's middle name, McKenzie, as her last name. In an interview with the New York Journal in 1956, she said she worried that the name Giselle LaFleche sounded like a striptease artist's. This is an anecdote that doesn't appear anywhere else that I've seen, including Wikipedia. And not only does it answer an interesting question, it's also really pretty humorous. The one album that I have from McKenzie is the album that I talked about earlier as being so crucial to my childhood. It's the one called Giselle McKenzie Sings Dominique in French and English. We'll get to that here in just a moment. But first, her biggest single, and the way most people would probably know her instead, came from a 1955 hit single called Hard to Get. When they were hard to get You wanted my kisses When first we met how you wanted my kisses They were hard to get Till I was sure your love was true Then I gave you all my heart And all my kisses too I wish that I'd been smart And never adored you You broke my heart Easy kisses just bored you But the day will come When you will find to your regret A love as true as mine Is hard to get
Back to Wikipedia. McKenzie appeared in the NBC legal drama Justice, based on cases of the Legal Aid Society of New York, titled Hard to Get. That was the episode, and it resulted in her hit record of the same title. And, and this made her the only regular performer on television's Your Hit Parade to get to sing her own song as a hit record on that show. So Hard to Get probably would be familiar to anybody who spends a lot of time dealing with uh, the history of music and hit singles in particular. But as I mentioned earlier, when I go looking for the music of Mackenzie, my eye is always tuned toward titles that are in French. And once again, most people probably would not think of the song Dominique with Mackenzie in mind. You could easily understand why uh, The Singing Nun or any variety of Singing Nun recordings might be the first you'd think of. And so I'm going to share Dominique from Mackenzie and also from an album called A Studio to give you both an interlacing of her work with one of the singing nun recordings. Dominique, 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 o'er the land he plods along and sings a little song. Never asking for reward, he just talks about the Lord. He just talks about the Lord. At a time when Johnny Lackland over England was the king, Dominique was in the backland fighting sin like anything. Dominique, Nico, Nico, o'er the land he plods along and sings a little song. Never asking for reward, he just talks about the Lord, he just talks about the Lord. Dominique, Nico, Nico, s'en allait tout simplement, routier, pauvre et chantant. En tout chemin, en tout lieu, il ne parle que du bon Dieu, il ne parle que du bon Dieu. À l'époque où Jean sans terre d'Angleterre était roi, Dominique, notre père, combattit les Albigeois. Dominique, Nick, Nick, over land, he walks along and sings a little song. Certains jours un hérétique par des ronds seul le conduit, mais notre père Dominique par sa joie le convertit. Dominique, Nique, Nique, s'en allait tout simplement, routier, pauvre et chantant. En tout chemin, en tout lieu, il ne parle que du bon Dieu, il ne parle que du bon Dieu. Ni chameau, ni diligence, il parcourt l'Europe à pied, Scandinavie ou Provence, dans la sainte pauvreté. Dominique, Nique, Nique, s'en allait tout simplement, routier, pauvre et chantant. En tout chemin, en tout lieu, il ne parle que du bon Dieu, il ne parle que du bon Dieu. Enflamma de toute école, fils et garçons pleins d'ardeur, et pour semer la parole, inventa les frères prêcheurs. Dominique, Nick, Nick, Overland, he walks along and sings a little song. Never asking for reward, he just talks about the Lord, he just talks about the Lord. Chez Dominique et ses frères, le pain s'en vint à manquer, et deux anges se présentèrent portant de grands pains dorés. Dominique, Nick, Nick, s'en allait tout simplement, routier, pauvre et chantant. 
chemins entouilleux, il ne parle que du bon Dieu, il ne parle du bon Dieu. Dominique vit en rêve les prêcheurs du monde entier, sous le manteau de la Vierge, en grand nombre rassemblés. Dominique, nique, nique, s'en allait tout simplement, routier, pauvre et chantant. En tout chemin, en tout lieu, il ne parle que du bon Dieu, il ne parle que du bon Dieu. Dominique, once in his slumber, saw the virgin's coat unfurled over friars without number, preaching all around the world. Dominique, nique, nique, the land he plods along and sings a little song. Never asking for reward, he just talks about the Lord, he just talks about the Lord. Grant us now, O Dominique, a grace of love and simple mirth, that we may all help to quicken godly love and truth on earth. Dominique, nique, nique, the land he plods along and sings a little song. This album sings Dominique in French and English, had tracks like La Bonaventure, Cadet Roussel, uh, Dama Tartine, um, and others. Uh, Savez-vous planter la chou? Uh, do you know how to plant cabbage? But my favorite of all of them is C'est la Mère Michelle which is an interesting comic children's song about a woman who has lost her cat and has asked the neighborhood for help, but one of the men who lives nearby tells her that she has not actually lost her cat at all. When she replies back that has she found the cat, he says that maybe he has and maybe he hasn't, and for a reward, he'll see what he can do about getting her cat back. So she offers to give him a kiss in exchange for the return of her beloved pet, and instead, he says that he's not interested in a kiss, and he's more inclined to sell her cat to someone else, to replace a bunny, or to sell her cat as if it were a pet bunny rabbit. A very strange song, but consistent with these things which I've heard referred to as comptines, these French folk songs, French nursery rhyme type songs, that can be used by kids to uh, acclimate themselves to language and story. And interestingly... I don't speak French, never have spoken French. That actually might be obvious from this different drummer segment, in fact. And yet, even though I don't really know the words without going to a translator and seeking lyrical help, uh, nevertheless, uh, I love the songs. And there's something about this particular interesting, almost avant-garde version that strikes me as great. But before I get to Say La Mer Michel by Gazelle McKenzie and closing out our different drummer segment, I want to close it out with an instrumental. I talked earlier about including a track from the Paris Theater Orchestra, and Montmartre Polka is the one I want to, f want to close the different drummer segment with.
C'est la mère Michel qui a perdu son chat Qui crie par la fenêtre, qu'est-ce qui le lui rendra C'est le compère Lustucru qui lui a répondu Allez la mère Michel, votre chat n'est pas perdu Michel qui lui a demandé Mon chat n'est pas perdu Vous l'avez donc trouvé C'est le compère l'estucru Qui lui a répondu Donnez une récompense Il vous sera rendu So clearly I've taken us in an easy listening direction, and I might as well go there. There are very few easy listening tracks that mean this as much to me as Blue Moon. Part of this is because I'm a fan of Manchester City Football Club and Blue Moon is their theme song, but anybody who follows the soccer club knows that their theme is more on the doo-wop Marcel's version of that track, and not anything that you'd come from a truly easy, easy listening direction like Mel Torme or Fred Astaire or even Louis Armstrong. The one I want to share is Julie London, because Julie London was one of my father's favorites. But the other reason I like Blue Moon isn't just because of it being a famous soccer theme or being a song that appears from time to time in reference to some of these famous singers from years gone by. Uh, Cowboy Junkies, from their very first album, had an interpretation or a reinterpretation of Blue Moon called Blue Moon Revisited, a song for Elvis. And uh, that also kindled my love for the melody, just from the Cowboy Junkies' use of that melody. But when I was growing up, early 70s, in fact, right around the maybe 1972 or 1973, a TV program started called Emergency. Uh, in fact, I probably didn't do it justice. Emergency! Because it had an exclamation point after it. I'm the only member of my family who has not worked in a hospital. My father was a hospital administrator. My mother was a registered nurse. My brother does legal work, and most of it focused on the medical industry. Both of my sisters, from time to time, had positions in hospitals, ranging from reception-type work to candy-striper-type stuff. I'm the one who shunned the family business, as far as it goes, but emergency was essentially of interest to my family because it was set in a hospital. I didn't know it at the time, but one of the things that drew my dad to watching a show like that wasn't just that it was a hospital setting and it was paramedics saving lives and uh, firefighters being heroic and all that other sort of stuff, but the head nurse on one of the floors of the hospital was played by Julie London. And I later would find out that you put two and two together, my dad enjoying the TV show Emergency and two or three Julie London albums being in his collection, this truly was one of his favorites. Blue moon, 
standing alone without a dream in my heart, without a love of my own. Blue moon, you knew just what I was there for. You. Turn to gold, blue moon. Now I'm no longer alone. Without a dream in my heart, without a love of my own. When I walked into my bathroom, I stepped in a big pile of shaving cream. Be nice and clean. Shave every day, and you'll always look keen. I think I'll break off with my girlfriend. Her antics are queer. I'll admit. Each time I say, "Darling, I love you." She tells me that I'm full of shaving cream. Be nice and clean. Shave every day, and you'll always look keen. Our baby fell out of the window. You think that her head would be split, but good luck was with her that morning. She fell in a barrel of shaving cream. Be nice and clean. Shave every day, and you'll always look keen. An old lady died in a bathtub. She died from a terrible fit. In order to fulfill her wishes, she was buried in six feet of shaving cream. Be nice and clean. Shave every day, and you'll always look keen. 
When I was in France with the army, one day I looked into my kit. I thought I would find me a sandwich, but the darn thing was loaded with shaving cream. Be nice and clean, shave every day and you're always looking. And now, folks, my story is ended. I think it is time I should quit. If any of you feel offended, stick your head in a barrel of shaving cream. Be nice and clean. Shave every day and you're always looking. I followed Blue Moon up with a novelty hit that I think goes back to the 1940s from Benny Bell called Shaving Cream. Uh, I remember as a kid finding this to be one of the most humorous and enjoyable tracks out there. I would understand why anybody now found it to be yeah, a little bit corny or maybe even annoying, but uh, it's a song from my childhood and it's a song that I think resonated. It either came to me through my father or it came to me through my older brother and my father didn't mind it a bit. The use of phrase, the phraseology, I guess, uh, for comic effect uh, being something that, again, I can remember being the one who brought my parents the first album that we would listen to that had explicit language on it, taking that journey from what they thought were adult themes in the Bill Cosby album, Revenge, to the actual truly adult themes of really all the comedy of George Carlin. My father had another interesting album that I'm not sure from what angle it came but it was The Ballad of the Green Berets and other tracks by Roger Dewey. And so some of this album, a sort of patriotic, um, military focus, pro-military focus, the song that resonated with me and the song that I remember all these years was actually a very sad song, a very mournful song called Fight No More. Gone are the days when my heart was young and gay Gone are my friends to the battlefields away Gone from this land to a far and distant shore I hear their gentle Voices calling Fight no more I'm coming I'm coming To that golden shining shore I hear those gentle voices calling Please Fight no more Why do I weep When my heart should feel no pain Why do I sigh That my friends come not again Grieving for forms that departed long before I hear their gentle voices calling 
fight no more I'm coming I'm coming To that golden shining shore I hear those gentle voices calling Please fight no more Where are the hearts Once so happy and so free The children so dear That I held upon my knee Now they are grown And their blood is shed in war I hear their gentle voices calling Fight no more I'm coming I'm coming To that golden shining shore I hear those gentle voices calling Please fight no lay face down on the desert sand, clutching a six-gun in his hand. Shot from behind, I thought he was dead, for under his heart was an ounce of lead. But a spark still burned, so I used my knife, and late that night, I saved the life of Ringo. Ringo, Ringo. I nursed him till the danger passed. The days went by, he mended fast. And then from dawn till setting sun, he practiced with that deadly gun. And hour on hour, I watched in awe. No human being could match the draw of Ringo. Ringo, Ringo. One day we rode the mountain crest, and I went east. And he went west I took to law and wore a star While he spread terror near and far With lead and blood he gained such fame All through the west they feared the name of Ringo Ringo, Ringo I knew someday I'd face the test Which one of us would be the best And sure enough the word came down That he was holed up in the town I left the posse out in the street And I went in alone to meet Ringo. Ringo, Ringo. They said my speed was next to none, but my lightning draw had just begun when I heard a blast that stung my wrist. The gun went flying from my fist, and I was looking down the bore of the deadly 44 of Ringo. They say that was the only time that anyone had seen him smile. He slowly lowered his gun, and then he said to me, We're even, friend. And so at last I understood that there was still a spark of good in Ringo. Ringo, Ringo. I blocked the path of his retreat. He turned and stepped into the street. A dozen guns spit fire and lead. A moment later, 
he lay dead. The town began to shout and cheer. Nowhere was there shed a tear for Ringo. Ringo. The story spread throughout the land that I had beaten Ringo's hand. And it was just the years, they say, that made me put my guns away. But on his grave, they can't explain the tarnished star above the name of Ringo. from the cockpit. This is Captain Scott, and we'd like to thank you for flying the Seder Sphere. This is co-pilot Cindy. We ask you at this time to unfasten your safety belt and release your chairs from their uptight position. We're high-flying with stopovers expected in theater, gaming, movies, television, and other mature destinations. We'd like to thank you for flying the frisky skies, and we hope to see you on our next flight to the Seder Sphere. Coming close to the end of this Music of My Father segment, in fact, I have now with Lauren Green uh, and the song Ringo hit the last of the true wonders from this particular show. The closing music today will be another one of these artists like Giselle McKenzie, where I have numerous songs on my mp3 player and could probably add double the length more because i own box sets of that particular artist's music i'll get to them in a minute but ringo from lauren green was a country song and i would have known lauren green at an early age way before i ever heard this song in fact he would have been the father on bonanza or the guy from the alpo dog food commercials and i was a little surprised that he had literally a uh, one-hit wonder and I'm not actually sure how big the hit was, but I do know that from that uh, Country Classics Vinyl LP, which is the only way I still have a copy, is through that Country Classics Vinyl LP, uh, this was probably my father's favorite song on that album. And, you know, traditional country, really, when you think about it, it's not that far away from the storytelling style of Streets of Laredo or El Paso, as far as it goes. So... The music of my father, I think I'm very pleased, and I would, I'd be very sad if I, I knew that there were other people out there who any of that childhood music was sort of dead to them, or somehow had, had, uh, had kind of they crossed a bridge and left all of that behind. This is a relatively small percentage of what I carry around on my MP3 player on a daily basis, and it's an important percentage all the same. I'll play Shuffle. That if something from Giselle McKenzie pops up, whether it be an easy listening standard in English or one of these French folk songs, it always brings a smile to my to my face and reminds me of some connections that I've got with my father. I've left off other artists of the era, similar to Julie London, like um, Joni James, because I have more songs by her than just the one on my MP3 player. And of course, the wonder's notion here is a little bit suspect. At any point, I could just over the course of time, add one more song from Jim Croce or find a great deal on an album by Julie London and put a lot more of her songs on. And it would make the, the wonders aspect of the show a little bit less true over time. But the one thing that is true now and will be true every time I listen to this show, this music makes me think of my father. And with him not around to celebrate Father's Day with directly, this is among, among the options available to me that could be described as the best I can do. Next week, I won't be doing uh, any direct Father's Day-related activities, 
uh, short of maybe dinner with my kids, because the focus for me will be not having a big party and, uh, again, turning the attention my way. The focus will be will be the live streaming event from Pride 48. You can find them at pride48.com. There's a schedule tab that would have a complete list of all the shows starting Friday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time and stretching all the way through to Sunday night at around the same time. I'll cover the schedule a little bit because I want to, I want to call out a few shows and give credit where credit is due. But the other thing I would say is that if you're, if I'm going to be at a PC, I'll probably be on the Pride 48 site, clicking on the Shows button, the Play button up at the top right corner of the website, and listening that way. So I can participate in the chat room and listen at the same time from the same PC. But if you were truly on the go and not able to just park yourself for several hours at a desktop station, the mobile way to do this, at least probably the best mobile way to do this, is to listen streaming through TuneIn Radio app or a similar type of device. I know that from the TuneIn app, which uh, I believe was free, uh, you can call up Pride 48 and listen to shows that way. It's also a good way to listen to some sporting events and some other things where TuneIn gives you a, a mobile, another, another option from a mobile perspective to listen to streaming audio. The opening show at 8.30 on this upcoming Friday is 8.30 p.m. I'm going to listen to that, followed by Big Fatty Online, an hour-long version of that, uh, Heaven Help Us All. 10 o'clock is Smellcast, uh, one of those shows where you often marvel at how Toppy Smelly can do his thing in a live way. Uh, he probably has bigger hurdles than I do, and somehow he has managed to surmount them. 11 o'clock p.m., Cocktails and Cream Puffs. This is uh, technically the end of Friday night from 11 to midnight. There are other shows after midnight, but I want to call out Cocktails and Cream Puffs because they will have just completed voting for the podcast awards. Uh, I think nominated for the eighth consecutive year in the GLBT category. And we won't know by the time this weekend comes whether they've won or not, but my fingers are certainly crossed. Midnight, uh, early Saturday morning, tastes like burning, followed at 1 a.m., that Blue Jeans guy, this also is an achievement. Uh, David, that, that Blue Jeans guy, uh, had a fire that kind of cost him his accessibility to his means of recording. And uh, this is encouraging news. It means he's probably got himself up and operational again after the fire. And the last piece of Friday night before a break is the Starboard Power Coupling podcast. This one will be new to me if I'm up at 2 o'clock in the morning to listen to it. What I may choose to do instead is to get the lay of the land on the podcast route and listen to this as it posts later as a podcast. The break um, ends on Saturday at high noon, 12 noon Saturday, and we start Saturday off with what I consider to be a bang. Ramble Redhead podcast. Um, there's going to be a Father's Day event that I'm going to attend because I'm the father and it would be rude not to be there. And I'm wondering when to schedule that sort of lunch, brunch, dinner thing. Uh, we talked a lot about doing it Saturday rather than Sunday. Um, my hope is that it wouldn't interfere with me listening to Ramble Redhead. One o'clock, chaotic ravings. I mentioned Mags earlier in the show and his encouragement to string a much bigger set of songs together on these these and future wonders-focused podcasts. I won't do a mixtape per se, but... I'm certainly going to spend a little bit more time mixing. Let's put it that way. Without Smearing My Eyeliner is a show I'm unfamiliar with. That's at 2 p.m. 3 p.m. is Secretly Timid, one of my favorites. I've talked about them before. In fact, uh, Nan, Little Kirkpatrick, from that show will be the different drummer on the July Inappropriate Conversations show. 4 o'clock, pleased to meet you with uh, Christian from Portland. And at 5 o'clock, Pod is my co-pilot. 
At that point, I'm not sure I'll be around for the 6 p.m. Poke It With A Stick. I'll try to make it back for the 7 p.m. Little Aussie Battler. But again, I feel like there's going to be a dinner for Father's Day somewhere in the midst of this Saturday, and that might be where that happens. 8 o'clock is the Seder Sphere. Always interesting live, again, based on their focus on musical theater, the mystery musical that they do, always a live performance on the live streaming weekend, so that's something to look forward to. 9 p.m., Ain't Blind and Confused. Uh, 10 p.m., Foul Monkeys. And again, wrapping up uh, the date of Saturday with 11 p.m. and the Sex Factor recap. Uh, Since it's not a show that I watch, the Sex Factor show on whatever website it's on, I I haven't spent much time with the recap. Although that's that's a little bit disingenuous because you know there's a lot of shows that Pride 48 podcasts discuss that I don't get to see either. You don't necessarily have to see Project Runway or RuPaul's Drag Race to listen to people talk about it. Midnight, late Saturday, early Sunday morning, the big gay sex show. Again, not familiar with it. That ends the night. After the break, Sunday begins, again, high noon, with Swanner and Judd movies, followed by Chubb's Gone Wild. I've mentioned on the Transitional Terminology episode of Inappropriate Conversations, a podcast called The North and South of Things, their debut was one year ago at this Pride 48 live streaming event in June. I remember distinctively, because I was trying to tune into it, while on vacation, actually visiting family in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And uh, so this time, they've, they've hit that one-year mark, that anniversary, and uh, The North and South of Things at 2 p.m., same-sex dialogue at 3 p.m., that is new, so I don't know much about it. And at 4 p.m., one of my favorite podcasts, Greetings from Nowhere. Once you hit that one, we're sort of turning the corner to the stretch run because these live streaming events tend to end in a similar way year over year. Uh, 5 o'clock this year is Dubious Intent, followed by Ding Bell at 6 p.m. First time I heard that show was a live streaming event a few years ago. And then the closing show at 7 p.m. That is the entire lineup for the weekend of Pride 48 live streaming this year. And that all starts on Friday, June 17th, and ends on Father's Day, probably, again, somewhere around 8 to 8.30, two full days, the third day, as the saying goes, after the event begins. So, I'll be doing some things to observe Father's Day in an upward direction this week, early. be spending a little bit of time celebrating Father's Day with my immediate family during the weekend, But I've done this podcast this particular way and at this particular time to try to clear out a little bit of space and make sure I can listen to this event, Pride48.com. So I mentioned earlier that although this is a wonders-focused show, Giselle McKenzie kind of breaks that mold, violates that rule a little bit because I've got well over 60 songs from her. And as many of them as I have in English, I have a, a staggering number in French as well. But I want to close this out today with music from south of the American border. I carry 20 songs on a regular basis from Mexicali Brass on my MP3 player. I think I have more on my phone, and I certainly have more on vinyl LP. Again, I'm not sure what it is about the Mexicali Brass that appeals to me. I've talked about it in past Inappropriate Conversations. In fact, on this one, I think I'll call out the number. Inappropriate Conversations number 164 was in April of 2015, and that looked at vinyl box sets, and in particular, the Longines Symphonette Society. And my reason for, you know, kind of holding a special place in my heart for that particular group or that particular company is Mexicali Brass. And the Mexicali Brass song that I like the best, by far, is their interpretation of Golden Wedding. If this sounds familiar, I closed out the very first Wonder show 
also going back to 2015, with Benny Goodman doing his version of La Cinquantain. But the real, the real version of La Cinquantain that I love the most, and I wish I had a better recording of it, this one is you know, MP3 pulled from vinyl, and the mix could be stronger than it is. It seems to pull the marimba and percussion forward, which, eh, different drummer-wise, I don't mind having the drummer and the percussion pulled forward. But I'm not sure that it does justice to the song. There is a way of getting a hold of this particular track via iTunes. It comes in like an MP4 format, but uh, typical iTunes stuff, right? The various artist collection called South of the Border Volume 1 and Lost in Quintain is among those tracks. So I'll close out today with music that my father introduced to me, including music from Longines Symphonet Society and a group called Mexicali Brass, and say thanks for listening. like a mixtape and everybody knows that mixtapes mean i love you